Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Yes, I am. And noticeably absent this week is uh, Alex Krauss. Uh, we are we are back to Bitstorm. We're no longer Big Storm Boys. Trevor, what happened? Yeah, as as we gave him the thumbs down in last week's episode, he didn't. He never returned our phone calls. I, I hear that he's come back from the Antarctica now. Uh, but yeah, but he yeah. hasn't. He's just ghosting us. Uh, I don't know relationships, man. Anyway, anyway, hopefully you enjoyed. You know, Bitstorm. Hope you 2. enjoyed 0. that weird fever dream of an episode. Did it? That exist? Alex Did it happen? To. <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's not returning our calls because actually we don't know him and that never happened. Does he actually know Alan Tudyk? Does Alan Tudyk exist? <laughs> anyway, we're still in lockdown. In fact, we're in harsher lockdown than in previous weeks. So, we're going to continue the theme- uh, From uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> from two weeks ago. Uh, but we're going to give it a bit of a different spin. Uh, no longer are we just restricting ourselves to game set in a small space. Uh, we'll, we'll release that restriction, I think, just to not- Just a little bit. You know. But instead, as as Melbourne has had a curfew reintroduced, uh, I think this week we will give our games a curfew, essentially. Where a time limit, as it were. Some sort of time limit in every game, where there, there is either something's going to happen after a certain amount of time, or there's just a certain point in time to be uh relevant to the gameplay yeah so, so we'll see what happens we've each got a random word generator in front of us on the count of three two one click we're gonna click we're gonna get some words and we're gonna take those words and turn them into some game designs and when it doesn't work or when it does work and we've we've had our fill we're gonna throw the words again and i just remembered i need to change back to a random phrase oh yeah that's a shame my word was good Maybe I'll still use it. Three to one click. Yeah, depressing pun. <laughs> well, that's just uh, that's, that's just every single bitstorm episode, isn't it? Um, we come up with a game design, you come up with a depressing pun, and, and then we, we end click it again. Yeah, that's sort of the game. Uh, in a whole- I might click again on that one then. We're, we're, just 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 imagine that the theme for today is depressing pun, and you won't be. <laughs> that was just so. That Trevor just did that so I so he wouldn't have to watch me try to come up with one. Uh, all right, what do you got? Unsolicited thoroughfare. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use the single word that I got from before you switched that up because I think it suits well with our time limit. Repayment. Repayment. So, unsolicited thoroughfare. So, some sort of street, some sort of mall, some sort of area that people move through. Some sort of no-through road. Okay. So, people people have made, like, a thoroughfare through this through this street mm. that basically they've knocked down, like, this area, uh, and you can now drive through. Um, okay. I like the idea of maybe the, ca- the council have decided that they're going to actually put in, like, a toll booth, and they, they're going to allow the, the thoroughfare to exist- Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a time limit that you're that you've got to sort of get get your groups together to try and stop this toll booth from happening. Okay, so this is like a community who is banding together. Yeah, maybe it's the, maybe it's on the, maybe this is all set then, so we can really bring that time limit down. It's all set on the final day before this council decision is going to be made at mm-hmm. you know six p.m. Ooh, uh, that, then it could actually be. It's it's a it's a race against the clock. It's a comedy of errors of things that are 
Like, as you pass through the level, the car breaks down, and now you've got X amount of time that you've got to, you know, run on foot, and then, you know, you come well, across some kid with a skateboard, and you steal his skateboard, and- Yeah, I think- I, I kind of like the idea of this being a number of different almost mini-games, each with- each time-based in that you can do them fairly fast, and that will mean you've got more time to do the following ones. And it's, so, it's almost like, okay, you've got eight hours, there's- 10 different little mini games that you've got to do mm-hmm. and you just have to you have to get through them all successfully in a short enough time uh and so the pressure's on once you start into the late ones if like one of them for whatever took you twice as long as it should have because you kept messing up something mm-hmm. it's like oh shit now i got to you know and so it's almost a bit like a almost a bit like a roguelike you could almost even you could you could have more mini games than you could fit in a single run perhaps and and it so it mixes them up. It's like oh, we got the um, signature gathering game. We got the you know uh, running around and uh, dropping flyers, uh, you know, or, or like riding the bike and throwing throwing flyers into let- putting flyers in letterboxes or something. It's capturing uh, horrible drivers who who use this thing on on camera, yeah, so that you can actually show that you know this thoroughfare is actually quite a dangerous thing. To have happen, and therefore adding a tollway is going to make it even worse. Yeah, well, let, maybe let's let's simplify their goal. I think. Yeah, I guess adding a toll booth is not. I'm just trying to think if that's something they. I guess that's something some people wouldn't want because would it bring more traffic through, less traffic through, or it's going to like traffic jam, like it's going to jam up traffic. It's going to jam up like stop traffic to a or something. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the way I sort of see it. It's, it's going to jam up traffic, like. Um, yeah. So, it's essentially, it's- <laughs> the government is cynically trying to make money because they know a lot of people come through there. Mm-hmm. The local people are worried that it's going to- Yeah, okay. That's fine. So, what could some of these mini games be, then? Um, like, what sort of gameplay are we talking here? I feel like it's a real challenge for us to come up with a roguelike set around local government <laughs> activism. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I think I think you've got to have some outlandish things like yeah. it's got to potentially be happen. Yeah, and if you fail too much, then literally they they build a motorway right through the town, like <laughs> right through this thing. So it's it's basically you're now living on like a three lane motorway sort of thing instead of you know in a right. cul de sac. So if you Does really that- <laughs> screw this up, is part of the roguelike element. That it's not just this one road, or it, or it is just this one road, but it's not just this one thing they want to do. Is it a number of things that they keep trying to do? And so each run is like, oh, okay. First, we're just gonna we're trying to stop them from opening it up from a like a, a, a no through road. They they want to make it a through road, right? They're gonna knock down the park that's there currently so that cars can come through this previously residential area. All right, that's your first run, and maybe you you've only got three mini games that you have to do. Um, oh, and, and then, then the re- repayment can come in that because of because of all the work they're doing, they're going to up the rates so that you're paying for the fact that they're putting a road through this park. So you not yeah, so only lose a park, but you also, also have to pay for it and get it paved and all this sort of stuff. And well, then- I think that's it. I think I think you're essentially you have these in between bits where it's like here's what the here's what the council is trying to do now. First, it's just they're trying to knock down the park. It's like no, we don't want that to happen. All right. Probably the first time you've got a few mini games, you'll probably succeed. Hey, we fought it off. They didn't knock down the park. Oh wait, now they've got lobbyists coming in. 
and, and they're going there's after Bill's more house, pressure, and they're going after. Well, yeah, or they're just they're going after the park again. Like I don't know if it's one set things, or yeah, maybe maybe you can have different ways that they can they can come to to build this road. Um, and so inevitably the road's going to be built because you can't pass all of them. But it essentially just gets more and more challenging, and you add different types of mini games and stuff. And the only and then I think the roguelike aspect of like leveling up between runs and stuff comes from your community support. Like whatever percentage of the community you've got behind you at different times will, you know, in- increase certain things in each mini game to make them slightly easier yep. or whatever. Um, so that there's a potential for it to restart over. Yeah. Is there like a Groundhog Day mechanic of where you wake up and go, oh, that was a weird dream. And then it, it starts from the start again so that you can- I guess you'd have to have some sort of failure point, perhaps. Um, maybe you just- Maybe literally you just move. And then it's like, oh, I had- I eventually had to move. Like, we just could not live there anymore. We moved, started fresh. We're in a new residential, like, randomly generated residential <laughs> street. And the whole thing starts over again. Um, e- either way, you, you can get away with it. I kind of like the idea of it's a Groundhog Day situation. And every time that you start up a run, it starts from- innocuous sort of they're just trying to they're trying to take down the park and build a road yeah and then it just keeps on getting worse from there until finally if you happen to finish all 15 runs or or whatever it is that you have to do in a row like they finally give up and that's when you yeah there is some sort of successful success point yeah um you you fought off the council (laughs) and then like in like in binding of isaac he wakes up again and he's in oh yeah he's in the very start character Now you've unlocked a new character and they also live on a shitty street though the government's trying to do this. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of neat. Uh, I don't know exactly what the mini games would be. Do you think they'd be sort of arcadey thing? Like, what would we? Yeah, I kind of think just a longer version of, of like a WarioWare sort of mini game. Yeah, or, or just like varied mechanics of, yeah, mostly kind of Twitch based gameplay, essentially. Yeah, uh, I, cause I can imagine him having, the signature sheet that he has to put in, has to put the pen in someone's hand and then move the paper to get them to sign. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're like, I'm not signing it. And then you move the paper and it's like, you know, the pen's just staying still, but the paper's actually- You've got all these different techniques as you come across people (laughs) on the street to get them to sign, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. That was an insane I think, we managed, I think we managed a local government activism roguelike. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Decreasing standpoint. Immortal launching. <laughs> 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 so, you have until a certain time to yeet a god. Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, do you play the immortal god- and therefore, you're, you're trying to stop yourself from being yeeted and you've got to last last a certain time out. Or- Maybe. So, I'm <laughs> just imagining that his, his you know, soapbox that he's, he's standing on to sort of say all this stuff is just slowly, like, his his arguments are just, you know, getting, yeah. getting worse as he talks. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if that's a bit less literal and it's more like- you know, gods, the whole thing of gods needing people to believe in them or to, to worship them, that the way that you are launching this god or the way that you are, like, making them weak enough that you can yeet them into space or whatever you're trying to do. <laughs> yeet them into the sun. <laughs> is that they are getting- their followers are decreasing and thus their yep. standpoint in, like, the the godly realm is uh, is lessening. 
Okay, what happens if the time reaches and the god isn't yeeted into the sun? I mean, mass smiting. <laughs> mass smiting or- um, the whole the whole planet becomes enslaved to this god as they as they reach critical mass sort of thing. I think I think the run has to be over. Like he smites you basically as one of the first things if the time well, so runs I'm, out. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the I'm trying to think of the uh, the gameplay here because I'm almost picturing this as a a bit more of a longer term. Um, like yes, there's a time limit, but a bit like something like Frostpunk or something where. It's actually around building up the society around this god. Like, maybe there's this huge statue, and it could be one of a variety of different gods, and that's where the game starts. And the- Okay. There are priests- First question. First question. Yeah. Before before you go into it- Okay. Is this god, like, got randomly generated, like, attributes? I mean, why not? Yes. So, basically, if you want to find out what attributes they are, you sort of look at the statue and there's a plaque and it sort of says, um, you know, God of Lies or something like that. Well, I wonder if you almost have to find that out over a little bit. Like, the the start of this game, you've got the- you've got the statue, you've got a few small huts and stuff around, like, it's a- it's a new- maybe this statue's come out of nowhere. Overnight. Or something. (laughs) And there there is a priest. There's a priest of this- God who claims to speak to this God. Um, and yes, we randomly generate. And I like the idea of, you know, perhaps in an Egyptian style or in different things where the different parts of the God are made up from maybe different animals or different, you know, things. And that plays a part into what they are the, essentially the God of or what their divine attributes are. But they're, they're, this priest is, is bringing people in from mm-hmm. your community, but perhaps you. I guess I'm not sure how to how you communicate this to the player, but like the player knows actually this is like this god is gonna do something horrible. Like if they're gonna just cause a mass genocide after um, a certain amount of time, and so your goal here is actually to almost to build up society and educate people in a way that they're not relying on the priesthood, but there's a there's a pushback of of what that priesthood and religion gives them. Okay, so one of the things that has popped into my mind mm. is each of these random gods is randomly assigned like you know two to four heralds so mm-hmm. basically things that basically if if all these all these heralds actually are able to come together and yep. they weren't discovered in time basically the the god is is going to turn up in the center of the circle sort of thing yeah so the idea is that you've got to weaken the heralds through you know finding out Oh, this one, I've got to find a kid who's got 666, you know, written on the back of his head, <laughs> you know, kind of like an Antichrist thing. But then there's other ones where, where it's like, you know, you've got to find a bird that shits on, shits on the statue every morning at, at like noon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that idea of, of having to find different signs and different things. Uh, and yeah. Because it's, it's randomly assigned. This you can- as a town built, like basically a town management sort of game, like a bit of a, uh, what are some recent ones like Before We Leave or the um, there's one called what are, what's the one with the little robots? Um, you didn't play many of these games, so no. you probably haven't uh, <laughs> played it. But the the something anyway, the colonists, I think, uh, and it doesn't have to be super serious. Like it can be a little a little whimsical as well. But I'm picturing you know your little people walking around and building things, and you you you're placing roads and placing buildings that are affecting. Th- the worshipping in different ways are affecting the 
the townspeople in different ways and and the balance is going back and forth between the religion and the you know people who want to eat the god um mm-hmm. to the point that you are building up resources to literally like fling this statue <laughs> 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 um as far away as you can um i would like to counter that with an okay. action adventure in which your you're going in and you're doing some investigation sort of stuff, talking to the priest and talking mm. to other individual people, trying to trying to get the lowdown of what these heralds are. And then you're effectively dark souling your way all the way through these heralds. Like you, you've got to actually defeat them. And then at the end, you get to yeet the god into space because you become so powerful that you're actually a god now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Maybe we go, maybe we go, maybe we, we compromise. Yes, it's an action adventure, but fable style. Okay, you can yep. like buy and alter the town in different ways based- as your adventures go on, and you become a capitalist god. You can do, or you can just like you don't realize that the that the god that they're actually for- foreseeing coming into power is actually you know you. It's actually you. <laughs> it's you the whole time. Um, um I like that. I- yeah, <laughs> I also like the idea of. You know, I mean, I just like t- saying yeeting a god. It's just- it, it also sounds kind of rude. Ooh. Three, two, one, click. Mountain dog. Painless silicon. Painless silicon. Okay. <clears throat> All right. I think this is a bit of a tearjerker. And I think okay. this is- Like, when I, saw, when I thought mountain dog, I was like, okay, like, someone on- Snow-capped mountains with their dog. Mm-hmm. They're up there for some reason. Maybe silicon comes from, like, some sort of- 90s tech. <laughs> is what I started thinking uh, about. I mean, it could be. A, herm- thinking- a hermit up on the mountain with his only companion, a dog, okay. and, a, and a, like, 386. <laughs> six. I was thinking whether there was some sort of geological- um, uh, like silicate rocks or something that you were uh, tapping into to superpower your that you were searching for or something. Okay, <laughs> it can be both. It can be both. Um, because you what said was mountain jo- uh, painless. painless. So I think yeah. I think that's all about the way that the the dog ends up dying. Is is sort of like he goes Wait, away and he sleeps, sort of thing. Yes. Yes. That's where that, you were going with that. Yes, it was. <laughs> and that's the time limit as well, right? Like, there's some- There's- It's inevitable that this dog is going to die. Yeah. Um, and what you're trying to do is create, using your 386 and QBasic, um, you're, you're trying to create, like, a network of silicate um, in this mountain that can actually hold the consciousness of your dog. <laughs> Uh, I like that. You're essentially like a mad scientist of sorts. Like you are a, a, a mad genius from Silicon uh, Valley. Yeah, yeah. You've sold. You've just. You know. You uh, thirty years ago, you sold off your uh uh your um web two point company. So maybe we said it in like the two thousand. Like the well, I guess no. He's got a three thirty six, years so- ago. So, therefore, he he's one of the one of the original developers of like the 
of an operating system. XT286386 sort of processor family. All right. Working he's for original Intel. Um, he's essentially a Steve Wozniak type. So maybe he didn't. Maybe he, di- he yes, he did. He, like, helped to invent the most popular operating system of all time, but was but left the company too early, regretted it so badly that he moved up to the mountains and became a hermit. Or you don't even have to, have to explain why he became a hermit. It's well, I think just- it comes out. You it know that, out you know that he did and he's still got a 386, so that's that's around the time that he went up there. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe you'd, you'd probably- You'd probably bring this out as the story goes. You, you can maybe explore this stuff. You can go and read through emails and things um, using good old Microsoft Outlook on Windows 3.1. Was that a thing then? I can't remember. No, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> there was a mail app, though. I Trump. don't know whether Windows for Work Groups was out when the 386 was out. That's the only way that Windows 3.11 would have actually worked with the network. And I don't think that he's get he's getting like a, a telephone wire all the way to the top of his. Well, but he said he's building like networks of stuff in the mountain. I think he's, he's got using some silicon sort of- to like silicate okay. rock anyway, or whatever. We're to, making to it build up. a network. We're making it up. We're making it up. I'm just thinking we might need some sort of communication with the mainland, as it were, or with the downland from this mountain. <laughs> um, the lower land. <laughs> the lowlands. I don't make my way to the lowlands anymore. Is Target still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, Safeways now, Woolworths? Oh, I will never head down from the Blue Mountains again. I think it was always Woolworths in uh, New South Wales. Blue Mountains go all the way down. <laughs> the um, Dandenongs are actually part of the Blue Mountains. That's okay, insane. but we don't refer to them as such. So. Um, all right, so this is this is obviously a bit of a story-based thing. Um, do we just kind of- Is this guy just kind of pottering around his house in the beginning and, like, having conversations with his dog- um, using the Try- computer to yeah, like check his email, trying to trying to make sure that the the um the dog is feeling good in between. Like, I'm trying to think of oh, if you remember Pony Island, mm-hmm. um, how they had like those those kind of um programming games where you had to like move the um move the thing through the code and get to get to yeah. like the end. Yeah, I kind of see you know a Cubasic esque. Sort of thing where you you see something going through and it gets pushed you're on. Doing, yeah, you're doing little logic, sort of logic puzzles that, yeah. or, or like mini games disguised disguised as coding things. Yeah, yeah, very simple. But there's a there's a story behind it as to the reason why you're doing all this coding is that you're you're trying to perfect this system and, yeah, so and finish can, this. Can system. we can we reveal a lot of this through kind of environmental storytelling where you can go through, you've got emails there from, like, your vet friend sort of alluding to your dog's condition. Um, you've got, you know, the, the conversations with the dog itself. And now, does the dog talk back? But I, it's all in his mind. So, he's pretending that this, this conversation is happening with the dog. Or he's kind of like a Dr. Doolittle type. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think how, 
would be best to to do that because I feel like it's sadder if the dog doesn't have a like human like personality if they're just a dog and you do good like expressions and stuff but they're a dog because then they're they're more vulnerable then there's this you know but but perhaps uh, you have some sort of way that he's like telling how the dog is thinking or something maybe he's maybe as part of this as like a precursor to shifting this dog's intelligence into the mountain basically becoming the mountain an actual mountain dog um he's created some sort of device that can like sort of read the brainwaves of the dog in some way and you just get these like blurry pictures of what the dog is thinking or feeling or like mm-hmm. changes changes colors or something um you've got a little yeah, like changes colors little, and like, maybe shows a little icon thing. shows a little emoticon yeah. he's cre- yeah. he's created like these emoticons out of ascii art cuz I reckon that's what he would have been thinking about, like <laughs> how best to actually, yeah, do this with the technology that he had. Um, yeah, yeah. He's not even using a like point and click OS. He's just all in the command line. Oh yeah, it was a, it's all command line. Like I'm, I said, Q basic. I mean, there's a reason why I said Q yeah. basic, and it's because it's like one of the simplest, um, simplest interfaces. But you know. That's that's the only interpreter that he that he actually had remaining on his PC that actually still works. Yeah. Um okay, skipping ahead to the ending. Yeah. The dog dies. Yes. And you know, he's he's very sad and depending on how you went in the last level, there's a couple of different ways the game can sort of end, mm-hmm. but you have to kind of watch through the credits. And as you're watching through the credits, there's just a different ending scene. And that's whether that other com- that other monitor comes to life, and and shows. Oh, and you still get those feel. You're still now. You're reading the feelings from the mountain. It's like, yeah. oh yes, it survived. Yeah, that's cool. So like- that's the only way that you can tell that it actually worked because the whole thing kind of um, blew out the um, blew out the three eight six that's connected to the computer. So you're not sure how you're not how getting it di- any diagnostics out or anything. But then that last monitor sort of just comes to life and just shows, you know, like a, a heart ASCII art or something yeah, like that. With the nice, like, cool blue colour that meant happy or whatever that you managed to translate the general yeah. emotions. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I'm just imagining a PC, a PC speaker, like, you know, do, doing the, the sort of like, <laughs> you know, sort of like the, the heartbeat, the heartbeat. But, but in that really harsh PC <laughs> speaker town. Of- <laughs> That'd be, that'd be horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awful. Uh, what <laughs> if you don't succeed? Do we just leave? It stays like we black. Just, you, it just stays black. Just this screen just never turns on. So you've got these people like I uh, like that you haven't. Yeah, you, you the, the player doesn't know. So you've just got these people sitting there waiting, hoping desperately for this screen to turn on, and then we just like bump them out to the main menu. It's like not sorry. <laughs> or as I, I remember the last time that we were actually at Global Game Jam, like. When some of these games for for the for the keynote speaker that she did, mm-hmm. it does like there was no quit, you know, no main menu to go back to. It just quit to DOS. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And well, we didn't have time to put a menu in. This just crashes <laughs> and and says, you know, and just quit straight out to Windows. And <laughs> it actually crashes. We actually like throw an error. <laughs> 
But the arrow and just it, says, but the arrow just says, woof. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, then there's a, um, a, a secret like ending where both the guy and the dog both die and they oh, end they up merge. in the mountain together. They're both in the mountain. There's one secret ending where you accidentally reverse it and now the mountain's in the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought when you said reverse it, you were going to say, and now the dog is in the man. <laughs> that could work too. Delicious annoyance. Listening, accounting. I'm trying to think if the annoyance itself is delicious or if I separate those out and it's something to do with donuts. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm thinking, are you a vampire and you're listening to people talk, mm. but all the time you just, all you're seeing is like the blood pumping in their veins and and you're getting annoyed because you're like, this is dinner and I've got to, I've got to, you know, play, play nice and all this sort of stuff so until I can get them alone and then I can eat them. And it's sort of like- you, you're trying. You're trying to account for your whereabouts so that people don't realize that you're a vampire. And no, I think I think you're just an accountant. I think that's okay. just your that's just your like job. Maybe you're an emotional vampire, like the um, character in in what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've been watching Buffy a lot, so I'm I'm oh, very okay. much in the in the in the vampire space. The vampire space. Um. And I'm I'm picturing this this sort of character just sitting there listening, just going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do like the visuals of in a in in that kind of almost that semi uh, Mortal Kombat or or um, sniper. What's that sniper game? Anyway, of like zooming through the body to see the like essentially you get an X-ray view of their jugular. Of just um, the heart beating. Or of their heart, ging, ging, yeah. Ging, ging. You just, and just the blood just seeing sort of the circulating. Blood circulating through them. You've got blood vision um, that that you can't turn off when you get too hungry. Yeah, I I, I love the idea of the, the the time limit is literally you're going to you're going to starve to death or you're going to you're going to become you know sort of. Uh, ravenous and and insatiable sort of thing, mm. and and show yourself to everyone if you don't get food. Yeah, know, either that or the time is just or- like like dusk or dawn or whatever. Like either you're trying to survive long enough where you can go out and hunt properly. Mm-hmm. So is <laughs> is this almost just like a sort of dialogue driven adventure sort of game in a way based around an office? Like you're a vampire, you work in an office. You can work from home because everyone's in work from home things now. So you can work from, you know, your your crypt or where <laughs> wherever you're working from. You know, you got <laughs> Wi-Fi from from the from the um, grave diggers shack. You've got you know. Gordash bringing you blood every night. Um, well, no, you got to go out and get it. So. You've you got a time limit because you've still got a job to go to. That means you're awake all day. You can only go out for food at night, and therefore you've got to be in bed by midnight. 
Otherwise, yeah, I think it is. You, well, that, you that's where I was bad. going. I, I don't know that we that we just do work from home because I think the challenge there was <laughs> he has to go into the office every yeah, now. He and has then. to go into the office. So, so he's know, got he's got to lather up with um, SPF five hundred. <laughs> well, maybe, or we just ignore the sunlight thing, and it's just more that he has a you know he's a vampire in that he needs to needs to drink blood. Um, but because uh, I'm just I'm just I like the mundane of. The day-to-day office job, you're in cubicles, you're like having- You've got relationships with the people in this office, but it does eventually get to the point where you have to- Because you haven't managed things well enough, you have to decide which of one of them to eat (laughs) because you're not going to make it to the end of the day. It's like that- It's like that 3 p.m. slump, except it's- I desire blood. You went out for drinks on Friday night, right? Yeah. And because they they all expected you to be up there, you know, going drink for drink with them, you didn't have time to go out and, and you know, get your 7 p.m. dinner. Mm-hmm. You've you've now got to choose. Do I do I choose Sally from accounting? Yeah. You know, she works with me. She's right beside me. Or do I choose, you know, um, Harold from HR or- Or Gavin from- the janitorial change squad. management. <laughs> um, change management. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I very much like the idea of kind of bringing in some of those horrible office tropes um, of yes, like being pressured to go out for drinks or you know getting through that three pm slump or endless meeting after meeting where all you can focus on is the blood pumping through your manager's veins. So, uh, do do we actually bury the lead that, you know, we kind of treat our our main guy, whatever his name is, maybe it's just Gary, like the simplest, like, yeah. typical typical accountant name that you could ever think of. And, you know, he, you think of him as an introvert as it's going through and you're seeing him, you know, unreliable na- narrator going through stuff until the Friday night drinks when he gets all of a sudden really hungry and- goes to town on, on like, a waitress or something like that and basically yeah. sucks as you much think blood he's out like, of it. You think he's drunk and is, and he's hitting on her inappropriately, uh, but then, yes, he just drains her. Um, and that, that was your intro mission. And then, mm. it, then it becomes kind of like a, a half point-and-click, half Hitman-esque sort of thing in which you're kind of stalking your prey. Hmm. You can you can actually have a bit of dialogue stuff and and do some basic, um, well, but I think there's some I think there's time management stuff in there too, right? Like you still have to do your job. You can't yeah. afford to lose your job, so you have to make sure you're fed enough before a long meeting because you might otherwise you might not make it to the end. Yeah, and and depending on what the meeting's on, like if the meeting's on something that you're actually interested in, then you know, maybe okay. Like the Is it the finan- the financials, <laughs> they're they're all good. But if it's about you know, why do we all have to be in this in this change management meeting? Damn you! <laughs> God damn it, Gavin! Can't we just do things without having to go through this stupid process? I'm going to eat you. <laughs> it's got, it's got nothing to do with my job. This could have been an email. What do you mean, new ways of working? Agile shift way for three hundred years. <laughs> I mean, thirty years. 
<laughs> when I was young, I used an abacus. When I was a kid, they didn't even invented the abacus or pens or numbers. We had to add things up in the dirt. And if a cow came past and messed it up, then we'd start it all over. All right. <laughs> three to one click. I once had to isolate myself during the Black Plague. I mean, uh, last year in 2020 with the plague. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did I say 1918? I meant. <laughs> 2018. No, wait. Uh, That doesn't work. Shit. (laughs) Three to one click. What do you got? I'm going to click again because I don't want those words. Sure. Although, although it's actually not too bad. Like, I'll I'll put it put it up there, and you can you can choose. Sure. You can. Yeah. Give me your first ones first. We'll see. Outgoing. Mm Hmm. Feminist. Okay. (laughs) Reasonable entry. Maybe not. I'm not sure about that combination. Give me your others. Infantile documentary. <laughs> I kind of don't like the idea of reasonable entry into infantile either. <laughs> so maybe one maybe more. Maybe let's both click again. <laughs> Wide graph. Slipping, stripping. Slipping, stripping. Slipping, then stripping. Well, maybe- Hang on. What say, say your words again? Slipping, stripping, reasonable entry. <laughs> <laughs> this is about this. The time limit here is that uh, you're playing a bouncer at, at this on- strip club. The like bar shuts at two a.m. Last call. You've got to. You've got to. It, well, what are you? Are you the bouncer or are you the bar? The bartender, and it's an overcooked or are you the sort of main thing. Event? Well, no, I was thinking you're the bartender, and you're doing an overcooked of, you know, having to get drinks ready mm. and and hand them out to people, and it's it's obviously you're trying to keep the um the waitresses keep coming to you with orders. The um, it's tapper, but in a it's stripper like tapper, yeah, but stripper. Doesn't but instead of it, you same. know, you're going up the up the um. Yeah, instead of going between the different sort of bar sections, you're like going along a traditional. Yeah, so you've you've got waitresses giving you orders all the time that you got to keep on top of because you know it's kind of like cook serve delicious where mm. you know, you got certain orders but it's drink orders, mm-hmm. and then you got the patrons along the bar who they're trying to see the talent, but you're they're, if they're spending <laughs> too much time with you, they're not going to spend too much money. Obviously, there's a two drink minimum. And if they try to leave, then the bouncer is going to send them back over to you, and you got to get them their t- their second drink quick. So, how much are you having to keep track of as the bartender here? Then, um, um, I think with a two drink minimum, you got to actually like stamp their hand. So basically, if they don't have two stamps on their hands, then mm. you know that they haven't had their two drinks. So there's not not so much that you got to track it. It's more the fact that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's anything we can bring in here around like the dynamics at a bar is the thing. Like if you don't serve the guy who's trying to hit on a woman at the bar, and I'm I'm picturing that this is while yes maybe it's a strip joint it's a it's a unisex strip joint. We've got all sorts of stuff going up on stage. Anyone's there? Classy. Um, it's classy totally. Like you you maybe want to get that girl her drink quicker because she's trying to get away from the creepy guy or something like. 
there's there's different dynamics around yep. what's happening at the bar. So maybe it's not quite as frantic as like a cook serve delicious where you're literally having to do like four different orders at once to, to get them out on time for them not to be uh, pissed off at you. It's more, okay, you might get one or two at a time, but it's also keeping track of the different people at the bar because they might hang around for a few drinks. Mm-hmm. They might want to talk to you. You might be sort of, yeah, there might be little different com- conversations that are just represented by, you can sort of read their moods or something of the people at the bar. Okay, one more little wrinkle. Mm-hmm. It's all in VR. <laughs> okay. Just yeah. because just because I want to be able to do cocktail co-op with my mate and throw him a bottle and he just, you know, grabs it out of the air and- There's definitely know, a bartending VR game, right? Yeah, but we're talking about a bartending and a strip job. Like, th- this is this is more about, you know, you're being- Stop looking for bartending games I was just curious VR. now. I was just curious. Yes, there are games like that. I just have never tried the them. They, a lot of the time they end up being shooting. This is all about, you know, bartending management at a strip joint. So, you can be distracted by looking over at the talent. <laughs> yeah. But that's not, you know, the whole idea is that you're you're keeping track of- you know, two drink minimums and all this sort of stuff and making sure that you stamp their hand and yeah, uh, talk, talking to the young lady, making sure that he, she's okay when she had like the, um, had the guy coming up and harassing her, thinking that, you know, she was part of the, part of the group here, but she's just here with her, you know, with like a, a bachelorette party or something like that. Yeah, so how deep how deep do, deep do we go with these characters uh, and the recurring characters? Is there sort of almost a bit of a story happening that you might unravel as you're playing or is it more systems based than that? Okay. You you might hit me here, but it's papers please as a bartender job. So your first your first thing is always going to be like all you're doing is pouring beers. So you're and then they gradually yeah. they gradually add cocktails and new new things, and it's all about you know trying to remember the order, and you can you're trying to go through as many as you can while helping some people out and are refusing also, service at the bar. Check IDs? Responsible service about alcohol, <laughs> serving IDs, checking not IDs, to, not trying to rip off not tonight as well, which already was taking the papers, please thing to IDs. When it's not all about IDs, it's mostly no. about remembering drinks. Technically, you shouldn't have to be checking IDs because if the bouncer did their fucking job, you'd be fine. Yeah, but so it's only if they're particularly suspicious. It's, like, no, like it's only if Basil or- is on because Basil, he right. never checks IDs because he's a fucking dickhead. Right. <laughs> That's- <laughs> <laughs> So- Basil is, Basil is too uh, influenced so- by, by pretty young teenagers. Yes. Start of the night, you have a- um. You have a roster as to who's on for the night. Yeah. And the first name that you go to, security, Basil. Fuck, I need to check ID all night. Like, you just know that from the last time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, I like that because I like that you can have regulars coming back, but you've got a, a, a good stream of just randos, essentially. Who well, could you, could you imagine to- after you've served someone three or four times, they say the usual. Right. And you've got to remember what they usually like. Is there a way to look it up though, in case you yes. completely forget? Yeah, but it just obviously takes you longer. You're gonna, they're gonna maybe get frustrated or whatever. 
Well, I, I think, I think as regulars, they have like, you know, sort of like, um, they've got almost like the Hall of Fame on the back. It actually right. says what their regular drink is and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. you can go to that and go, oh, yeah, this is Frank. He likes this. Yeah. Yeah. What That's cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, it's an you know interesting what I, mix. You know what I'm thinking? What? This is the game for the rest of the night. This is the game for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> we can go deeper on this. And I mean- Because I, I love Papers, Please. You know that. The Papers, Please, the Papers, Please formula, you know, really, really thank shows you, Lucas what you can Pope. do with, with you know, relatively mundane job-based things and still make them fun. Yes. This is the what, second what the in the lockdown. <laughs> this is the second in the lockdown that we've done a Papers, Please game. As like a big- Totally different. That is as the as the main deep dive. Yeah, well let's let's think about how we can obviously we're taking the papers please from the level of like you're sort of doing administrative ish stuff and we're adding these different complexities on every day and yeah. and, and and there are story elements that flow through it. And is the good thing anything- is you you can actually keep the cocktails very simple in the fact that, you know, it's you know, a, a little bit of vodka and, and some and some coke and people don't mind if you put a little bit of extra extra vodka in there, but then mm. the boss is saying you need to water down the vodka. Yeah, well and I think you I mean like real bartenders, I think you're measured on your pores. Um and, I've never and been you, a bartender, so, you, so. You are balancing <laughs> hmm? I've never been a bartender, but I'm no, imagining I, but I, I liquid that- mechanics is getting better. It's gotta be getting better. <laughs> well, I think it's more just you know, if you've tipped it a certain amount, we, we, you know, you measure how much it would have come out. Um, yes. although you do also, if it's over the, over the, <laughs> if it's over the glass or not over the glass, you also measure spills, spillage. Um, and then, you know, if you've got a certain threshold of spillage and stuff as well, but you do, you know, that like, oh, Janice will tip me, you know, well, if I am generous with the pause for her drinks kind of thing. So it's like, okay, do I balance that up against the fact that I, that I might be dinged on my paycheck if I go over a certain amount of, uh, you know, over pouring or whatever. Um, and if, if you, if, you know, anyone sort of asks how they actually tell, there's a camera. That's all you need. Like there's well, a camera think, looking I'm, down. Well, and- I'm pretty sure in real situations, I'm pretty sure they will like, they measure what they know what's in the bottles and they know what drinks were sold. Water. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could Vodka, be. Vodka, you just could, add water. <laughs> that could be part of it. Maybe you can like water, you can water down the drinks so that it do, it looks like you haven't been over pouring. But the challenge then is if customers start to notice, they're going to tip you less or they're going to get pissed off. Like you didn't realize that. That's the same bottle of, of vodka that you've had for the last three nights, and you filled it up with a lot of water. Yeah, you- exactly. If you haven't been paying attention okay. to how much you're watering it down. And then, just just as a just as a um, a little bit of an extra thing, yeah. you have someone who's really into homeopathy who gets totally blasted and, <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> You've got that one special bottle of vodka that you've just been watering down for weeks, and then the- Yes, the they the come in and they comes die. In like and you somehow it's die of so, alcohol it's poisoning. So dilu- diluted that you <laughs> kill them. They 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 immediately go to one point blood. Uh, you know, blood alcohol level. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent blood alcohol level because 
it was it was so strong. You diluted it so much. I mean, that's as logical as what they think happened. So, yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> don't you love that? <laughs> yes. And I love that you could have little moments like that in there. Um, you know, there are definitely just different storylines you can play out then. Oh, the worst part was- and things. That was actually the owner's wife. Right. And now he knows. Now he knows you've been watering been it down. He sent her there specifically because he suspected- and it's like, oh, if you've been watering down, my wife's going to die. I'm going to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> how about boyfriend? Because it doesn't feel so gross then. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Something. <laughs> Something. Um, okay. Other things that happen in the game. Um, you can obviously be fired. Yeah. Are you always- I mean, I know we started off with stripping and slipping. Uh, are you always employed at the same place or is this a ooh, situation ooh, like I just not really- tonight where you could maybe work at different venues and so you get different types of drinks, different types of customers? One of the nights, you get given a- like, after a while, you know, maybe your 17th night in- they're saying, be on the lookout for someone slipping stuff into drinks. Yep. And and so now it's it's all about we offer free drinks to to people who have have had you know someone slip something into their drinks. It's only ever going to happen at the bar. Mm. So yeah. you have to actually sort of catch them and and you know flat. You can basically look at the drink or point point your thing at the drink and and hit a button and it flags it as as drugged. And that yeah, way you yeah. can you can. You're, you've essentially said, "Don't drink that." Like, yeah, and and effectively, if they go to if they go to take it, that um, you know, the waitress beside you or whatever takes over and says, "No, no, no, someone slipped something into that." I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. take that aside. Um, I kind of like that idea about having that. That yeah, look, that's an interesting challenge. Where I was thinking of going there as well. Is and this is a little bit on the less realistic side, obviously, but you know, I, I kind of like having some of these storylines in there. Is like someone comes up to you and says, it like gives you something and says, I need you to slip this into such and such a person's drink, but like all you know, you've got like a vague description of them or whatever because they are. They're like a super villain. Some like th- th- this is essentially a James Bond situation of like I need you to drug this person so I can arrest them or whatever. They're super dangerous. Mm. Um, um, and it happens to be the exact same description as the senator that is planning on on something you know, like that. coming yeah, in. Basically, the, you're going to have to evening, figure so out. You can- you're going to have to make a decision of do I risk this. Um, they come in with secret service around them. Like, that's how- mm. That's how super serious they are. Yeah. It's like super serial. <laughs> yeah, and you risk getting caught as well. I think there is a chance, like, you have to wait for, like, the camera to rotate or the, you know, for- You have to quickly serve all the other people's drinks so nobody else is at the bar or something. And So, I think- uh, as we were sort of talking before, occasionally there is a waitress who comes up and asks for X number of drinks. Mm. Those drinks are always going to be simplified. There's just a lot of them usually that you've got yeah, to you try have to and- essentially get the count right. It's like, oh, get I need the to count pop right the top and- off six beers and pour, you know, three vodkas from the, 
or like or pour, just pour like three things from the soda gun or something or whatever, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's never more than that, but it's it's about getting the numbers and the maybe the brands of beer right. Like, there's three yeah. different brands of beer and they kind of sound similar. <laughs> yeah, or it's just, yeah, yeah. One's called Green's Beer, but it's a blue bottle. And then the green bottle is actually, you know, Bennigan's or whatever. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's Muller and Muller Light. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I really like this idea. I, I I can see so many different things that you could do with this game that, you know, you're sort of dealing with. In Papers, Please, it was how many people could you get through in your day? And, you know, that depends on how much you actually got paid. But your, um, you know, any overspills or anything like that mm. gets taken out of your paycheck. So, basically, you need to take care with all these things. Yeah. Or you can start, you know, coming up with interesting ways of, of refilling, like, oh, I dropped a bottle. So get it, get one of the other bottles that you finished before out of the trash and yep. fill up with water. Yeah, you know, and as long as the camera is not pointing your way. Uh, yeah, I like that, and I like uh, similar to Papers Please and Not Tonight that as the days go on, you you will start getting like things that will help you in some ways to do things faster. It's like oh, you know, the manager finally splurge on um, you know the the tops where you can get a controlled pour out of them so you can it will stop at a certain point automatically you don't need to you don't need to use the shot glass anymore to to actually yeah exactly um you can just sort of do it one-handed and just like yep 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 and get exact amounts so you can actually be doing two at a a time instead of having to do one yeah um yeah you actually get like a a a bar hand to come along and you know help wipe down spills and and that sort of stuff because that's the other thing. You need to keep your bar tidy so you can get a bar keep, but any any breakages or stuff that he sort of causes comes out of your wages. <laughs> so you have to so you have to choose to like spend money on leveling him up or something or like improving his skills so he makes less mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um Oh, you've got to stock up the beer nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, the the little the little things of nuts that Yeah. Yeah. Can you choose? Can you put nuts or pretzels or M&M's? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they do M&M's, <laughs> but <laughs> you got to be careful of that one guy who tries to slip Skittles in there because people don't like it when they're expecting chocolate and they all of a sudden get a really hard um, fruity, fruity chew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still remember one of our- <laughs> This is going on an aside- one of our uh, weekends away where we decided to go the lucky dip and we mixed did we just mix M&M's a, and Skittles? A, a bag of a bag of M&M's, a bag of Skittles, same bowl. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Stir around. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, was man. a that was a fun weekend. <laughs> I still remember going for a handful and just forgetting that we did it later <laughs> on. Like going, oh my god, chocolate and fruit. That doesn't work. <laughs> Just the just the like relative hardness of each one too, <laughs> and the fact that Skittles are a lot harder than the than the M and M's that you were yeah, expecting to eat, or exactly the M and M's are a lot softer than what you were expecting the, the yeah, Skittles to do. Yeah, you got to do a big chew and just like splat, <laughs> splat. Oh, that's chocolate everywhere. <sighs> um, okay, what what else can happen in this game? Obviously, if Basil's on, you kind of fucked with. Um, 
Yeah, so you're checking IDs here and there. Um, you can risk that if they look old enough, you can make a, you know, make a decision. People come in with fake beards sometimes though. So you have to be on the lookout for that. You have to be on the lookout for three little kids in a trench coat. Oh, um, that's the worst. Yeah. They're very convincing. Really uh, are. I mean, they, they kind of look like one of the members of ZZ Top with a massive beard and long coat, but <laughs> yeah, but you can tell by the, and- you can always tell by the giggles. There's yeah, and the way the lo- end of the be- the way the end of the beard twitches sometimes because they're like trying to look out from behind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, how do tips work for the for the strippers on on stage? Do their um, tips go up depending on how much how much um, social lubricant you've been able to put into the <laughs> um, put into the public? That's interesting. That could be an interesting factor. Whoever's on stage. Like it would actually track like, oh, you did really well uh, when, uh, you know, Big Billy was on stage. Uh, and so he's really pleased with you. But, uh, you know, you fucked up a few times um, when uh, Candy Kane was up there. And so she's, you know, pissed with you. Um, she, she doesn't like it when you drop bottles and you dropped a bottle as she was upside down on the, on the stripper pole <laughs> she and she fell, fell and broke her nose. Oh God! <laughs> I do like that extra element of your of what you're doing affecting what's happening on stage to a certain degree. Yeah, that could be even if it's just sort of the mood of the crowd. Do you think that there's like a basic fight um, fight mitigation that you have to do in in like some parts of it? Like if someone bumps into someone and spills their beers, you know, you got to try and you can either let the fight happen and the strippers aren't going to be happy with you. Mm. Or you repour all their drinks, and that mm. comes out of your out of your wage. Comes out of your age, or or at least just you've had to take the time to like to to stop the fight, and yeah, maybe repour drinks, and so you're gonna, you know, now you've got other people who you haven't been able to serve on time. Yeah, there are a lot of interesting little things we could put in there. Ooh, I'm um, now, I'm now imagining that they get a new stripper in, and her whole shtick is that everything has to be dark except for her. So therefore, right. you're you're now having to do this with like a little flashlight. Go off the glint of to, the bottles. <laughs> trying to do it just off off of like a little flashlight instead of yeah. the big sort of um, bar atmosphere. So to look oh, at people, you're sort of looking up at their up their faces with the flashlight and stuff. There's a there's a like Magic Mike style group who just has a huge loud soundtrack that goes along with it, so you can't hear any of the orders. They they have to gesture at you. <laughs> they have to like two two fingers up, point at a beer. Three fingers up, you know, I don't know, point at a menu to tell you what they want. Yeah. Nobody can so, get your attention. So many, so many cool things here that, <laughs> like, we hadn't really thought about. Yeah. Until, you know, we sort of get into it. It's like, wow, this, to me, I really want to play this game. I am annoyed that this thing will never exist like a lot of things right now. I think, uh, yeah, I definitely think- even if you didn't do all the stuff we were talking about, there is space for a- Even if it's not bartending, I don't think I've seen a Papers, Please-esque VR experience. And yeah, I think bartending is a good candidate for that sort of gameplay, for sure. I think it's cool. a, it, they could be very basic graphics. It doesn't have to be super, you know, oh, realistic yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Atmosphere, <clears throat> lighting is key. The actual look of the people, 
not so much. Like they probably don't even. They need could to be have Minecraft faces. people. They could yeah. be Minecraft people, as far as you're concerned. I, I was thinking more of a stylized sort of look, but you could even have um, like paper cutout sort of people that have got no depth to them. Yeah, but they're they're just sort of like walking along, kind of like when we were talking about doing our our VR thing that we kind of had pasted on in front a picture of our faces. Like, right. pretty much yeah, that's yeah. all you need. You just need a picture of people's faces, and they always happen to be looking at you. And if they need to look off off to the side, South Park esque, you know, it just shows the the slightly different thing of them looking off to the side. But you see now, the yeah, yeah, of their head are, and stuff. yeah. Or you could do a yeah, like um. Some I'm picturing those, Saddam Hussein fr- some from of those games South like Park. jazz punk and stuff, <laughs> which is is a bit more reminiscent of like Minecraft or whatever. But like blocky figures, they still manage to do quite yeah good expression, like be quite expressive. I guess yeah, this is cool. I want to play this, Ben. <laughs> when you become a millionaire, I want you to make this game. All right, it's a deal. <laughs> become a millionaire now, please. Make uh, the game. It's unfortunately I need to make the game to become a millionaire. Start so then. It's sort of a vicious Start your bus. Catch twenty two kind of deal. Start. Oh, and the and the time limit comes in that each night, you know, goes for X number of minutes. Oh, and yeah, that's I the that. whole night. Yeah, of course. Cool. All right. I think we will end it there. Unfortunately. Thank you for joining us. Again, this- Well, I don't know if it's again. This could be your first episode. Thank you for joining it's us so this welcome. week. Yeah, if so, welcome. Thanks for coming. Listen to last week's episode. We had a we had a new guy who joined the show, and he hasn't called us back. Yeah. If you if you have seen Alex Krause, tell him to text us, at least. Like, let us know he's Return okay. our phone calls, please. Yeah. Thank you for joining us again <laughs> this week on BitStorm. Uh, if you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Listen to all of our previous episodes there. Shoot us a review. Let us know what you thought. And finally, we'd like to thank the wonderful musicians at Kuradust for allowing us to use the song that defines off the album containment failure for our opener and closer every single week. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And, oh my lord, yeet! <laughs>